I turned the hat forward, okay? This is auto collabs. When you're doing auto collabs, you gotta it's have It's gotta be fancy. Forward. No, Kyle, if you're just listening, he had his hat backwards when we hit the record button and he all of a sudden had this look like he just forgot to put on underwear and he flipped his hat around. <laughs> I feel like I need something wintery. Oh, would you now? Okay, so you Michael can't just wear put on heart beanie. Hold in on, Texas. So, okay. not well, well, no, no, no. Put well, if it's going to be in Texas, the, the Carhartt one makes the most sense, in my opinion. It does make so, the most sense. It's like not a Burton one, like where are you skiing. In, yeah, in, that's he's wearing it more California, though, just kind of like sitting on top, you know. like it's like, like you want it to keep you warm, but you don't really need but it. But he really know? just likes cold play, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> So, so let's settle something really quickly because no. Kyle called it a beanie, yeah. right? I've called it a beanie before or a ski hat. What do you call those in Canada? A toque. A toque. Yeah. A toque. I don't even no. know how to spell it. I, want to spell I, knew, I knew it was something. Q-U-E. A toque. That sounds like a very Canadian spelling of yeah. a toque. Um, I've heard it called a toboggan. Have you ever heard that? Well, a toboggan is, this, uh, is the sled. sled. I know. It was some Midwest person that was like oh no that's a toboggan games. i like, gotta to expect go you to say never that. trust them book i know yeah, you can't trust someone that calls a hat a toboggan but that doesn't yeah i hey it just sounds like, like a um, midwest way yeah, there's all sorts of weird it. things like this i mean speaking of <laughs> how are you gonna get into today's guest <laughs> speaking of navigate winter, that real quick actually i can see today's guest like rocking a ski hat or a beanie or a toque or whatever you want to call it. Yes. And California I say, style. I ask him how his vehicles fare in the winter because that's always a question we get. Yeah. It, it is when it comes EVs. to EVs for sure. And, and you know, Alex is just, I don't know. He's just kind of like a cool guy. You can just see it from his media and the energy of the brand that like, it's not just an EV play. He's also a professor. So we'll figure out that. And, um, He's just got kind of got a, a vibe and an energy to him. So he could wear a hat like that, Michael. So unintentional, but well-placed well placed, uh, toque today. Uh, well, we hope you enjoy this conversation that we're about to have with our guest today, founder of EV Cars and EV Auto, Alex. I just Lawrence. don't want to say his last name. <laughs> Hey Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this is this is a real treat. It's kind of outside our usual circle of guests, so it's got us all excited. Yeah, thanks guys. Good good to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I have to compliment you first. If you're just listening to this, um, I'm going to describe it for you. Alex is wearing a beautiful white hat. Flat, it's not quite flat brim. It's good curve brim. Nice looking hat, and it's got bright pink stylized letters EV on it. Tell us about the hat. Yeah, I mean, our, we're proud of our merch. So, you know, EV, EV Autos, the brand, the business, and uh, the logo feels like something that people are okay to support, even if they're not like huge EV people sometimes, just because it's kind of cool looking, it's kind of different. Um, but yeah, we spent quite a bit of time, you know, building something that we think is wearable. And the hats are, are a good example of that we got probably a half a dozen different color combos and styles and stuff. And they, they go fast, man. Close they, to our hearts. So gone. close to our hearts. Yeah, like, yeah. I knew you were our people the moment I laid eyes on you. That's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> That's it. So you've, you've had like a, a rich history, not all in auto 
What created? It, well, I guess like give us the give us the bullet points, uh, and maybe we'll dig into them in a second. Give us the bullet points outside of auto, and then what was the reason for jumping into the EV auto retailing space? Yeah, so I mean, my first real business was detailing cars, actually. So I've always loved cars. I knew uh, I liked him. Ah, yeah. uh, <laughs> see now you and Paul. Okay, yeah. Paul, Michael and I will see ourselves out now. <laughs> I already know what your favorite smells in the whole world are. I already know. Go it's ahead. funny because I, I just made that connection in a podcast interview a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, wait a minute. My first like real business, you know, it was called Perfection on Wheels Detailing. Pretty creative name oh, too, right? too. And uh, I printed out flyers on my dad's computer and I went to the neighborhood on the east bench above where I lived and just went door to door. And was just like, hey, I'll, I'll detail your car to the rich people, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, so I've always loved cars. Um, you know, I put every dime I had into my first car, like way too much money into it. That's all I spent my money on. Um, you know, but I'm not a car guy. There's a difference here. I should tell you this. I love cars, but this is a quick story. I, I had this insane stereo in my car and, and you know, that sound dampening material that's like got a, a dynamat. Yeah. yeah dynamat. Thank you. So I, I ripped everything out of my car all the way down to the metal and dynamated the whole, the whole thing, thing. <laughs> and then put the coal car back and had like two handfuls of bolts left over where they I went. just cut the weight of this yeah. vehicle by another six pounds. Yeah. Right? Because I didn't know, you know, I'm not, so I'm not good at fixing cars or working on cars, any of that stuff. Did I it just, rattle more after you put the dynamite in? No, it was oh, okay. great. It, it totally worked, but there was definitely some stuff missing that I have no idea where it went. And so I just kind of <laughs> checked those. So, um, yeah, so lifelong entrepreneur, um, you know, my first half of my career, I was just opportunistic, got involved in some franchises, food franchises, didn't have any particular affinity for them or experience, no family connection, nothing like that. Um, but they were successful as a young guy. And so I just kept doing that, right? You just kind of parlay one into the next, um, went to college, had an okay experience, but didn't love it. Um, stayed with franchising until we had sold enough of the franchises to recognize, hey, I can, I can do other things now. I have a choice. And I've always been a very early adopter, tech geek, gadgets, hardware, software, um, and so chose uh, tech and built one of the very first third-party apps for Twitter, um, started an agency that built websites for small businesses back when, when they were a lot of small businesses didn't have websites, and so both of those grew really fast. Um, you know, went back to school during that period of time, got another degree, um, started teaching a little bit, just because I love that environment. I love, you know, being around that stuff, even though I didn't have a great educational experience historically. Um, built some some tech businesses that ended up being pretty, pretty decent sized with some friends. Um, ran another one. Um, still, you know, enjoying cars all along the way. Um, eventually got a PhD from Oklahoma State and uh, became a, a tenured college professor at Weber State where we've got some some connectivity there, some some alum and uh, family alum in the house, um, still kind of starting and investing in businesses along the way. Weber's really supportive of me being an entrepreneur and a professor, which is super it's amazing. Cool. He doesn't look a day over ninety three. <laughs> I'll be fifty. I'll be fifty next year, and so I mean, uh, which is another funny story. A friend of mine's interviewing at this startup event, and he's like, "And here's Alex." Alex is 50 years old and he started a business. I'm like, dude, I'm not 90. You know, it sound like, you know, <laughs> you never believe here. He, if he can do it, you can do it too. You know, he started so, a business at his yeah. ripe old age. Yep. Seriously. I was like kind of flattered, kind of embarrassed, but, um, 
So, so the car business, um, you know, never intended to own a car dealership or be a car dealer. Um, saw an opportunity with my co-founder uh, four years ago, a little longer than that, in uh, four years in December next month, uh, to to create a marketplace. We were thinking for other people to buy and sell used electric vehicles because we were kind of uh, whining about how difficult that was. Um, and so uh, acquired evcars.com and evtrucks.com and a bunch of other good domains um, and started building this marketplace. But with my previous experience building software and, and other stuff, um, you know, I was either the customer myself, like deeply ingrained as the customer myself, or I was heavily involved with who my customer would be. And in this case, the paying customer for the marketplace would be car dealers. That's who would pay to list their cars. And okay. so uh, my, my co-founder had an old dealer's license. We dusted it off. And then, <laughs> what you know, state was this in? Yeah, in Utah. Um, how long, I, how long are they good for As long as you renew it, take the test every year, you know, and get, keep oh, your okay. Your oh, okay. So he was maintaining, it. I didn't know if it was just yeah. like, no, once you have one in New York, it's like every 30 minutes you need to renew it. No. Yeah. <laughs> it somebody else. Yeah. No, it's not like the taxi coin or whatever, you know, it's not that high of, yeah, a, right, exactly. you know, valued item, right. but, um, bought a car at an auction, bought a Tesla at an auction, sold it on the local classifieds, made a few bucks, um, you know, and, and replicated that several times as we were building the software marketplace until it at one point about two years ago, it's like, wait a minute, we've got this pretty awesome business over here. And, and it feels like we're being disrespectful not to give it more attention. So anyway, that was a, a long answer to the last 35 years in a relatively I mean, 35 years in four minutes is pretty yeah, cool. That, yeah. that wasn't too bad. Yeah. That wasn't too bad. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I love like entrepreneurialism feels like creating a space for people to buy and, and, and service or buy and sell cars because like historically people from maybe outside people inside the auto uh, auto industry, look at people outside of the auto auto industry as like, we have to, get, we have to get you to come over here, but there's, there's this kind of like new attraction into auto from a tech or entrepreneur side of things. It's, it's like people outside of auto are looking at it going, Hey, there's an opportunity there that I could potentially take advantage of. I may never have done anything in that business sector, but it's exciting for me. Um, what are those things that that created excitement for you about the industry right now? What, what were what were the trigger things that said this is exciting outside of just the pain of shopping? Yeah, I mean, uh, EVs are so fun. I mean, you know, I I think you know certainly there's uh, what's fun. Yeah, what what when you say that. Right. Because a lot of people maybe listening have never driven one and yeah. they hear mixed signals about like it's good, it's bad, it's easy, it's difficult. Like, why are EVs so fun? And and listen, they're not for everybody. I, I think I'm kind of countered as some of the big proponents of this industry, but they're fun because they're they're like supercomputers on wheels that are faster than a Ferrari. And so it's it's you know, you get to just that's just, a good value prop. Yeah. It's a super cute computer on wheels. that's faster than a Ferrari. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I still love Ferraris. That's the thing. You don't have to choose. You don't have to be on team a or team B. It doesn't have to be polarizing. And so, um, you know, they're the, the most obvious, obviously is the acceleration, you know, I mean, there's, I, I was listening to 
um, uh, a podcast, a CEO of a very large um, chain. He's like, I'll never, my daily driver is an EV and it never won't be. And it's, it's for one reason, it's the acceleration. You just can't, if you love cars and you love going fast, once you experience that, it's kind of, it's it's addicting, you know? I love actually, uh, the, if, if people haven't been, you've got a beta site up for EV cars. I was looking around it and like, if you scroll down enough, there's this little section that says just how fast do you want to go? <laughs> yeah. And you've got these filters that are like yeah. under five seconds. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. then the last filter is just slow. Right? Yeah. And, and it's, then, I mean, and then it bounces, and then it bounces them out to Carvana. Right? <laughs> 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 That's great. Just yesterday I gave, so, so we keep a, a company, we've got a model S plaid that we actually just got wrapped in a pretty ridiculous way. It's got Elon's face on the side of it and, and very, very kind of polarizing to get attention. You know, I'll have to show you guys a picture of it. it actually turned out pretty dope. But I just gave a family of five. We have a, a road right next to us. It's long, straight, and empty. I mean, it couldn't be more perfect. Sounds great. And I and all five of them jumped in, and I and I and I hit it, you know. Right. And they all freak out. They've all got try to touch the dashboard when I say three. You know? right. Yeah, I do. I say put your head against the headrest, you know. And that happens all the time. So so, but not just the speed. I mean, I also um, the self driving is. Uh, I think every car I get into that doesn't have it now feels like the dumbest car ever made. <laughs> so you know, I just have to. Oh my gosh, I got to steer. I got to. I got to tell you thing. my experience with this. So my wife says yeah. I want I want a Tesla. So I'm like. Are you sure? Did I just hear you say you want an F-150? She's like, yes, as long as it's a Tesla. So we buy this Tesla. <laughs> I'm on a business trip in San Antonio with, with one of my partners. And he's like, have you put on the full self-driving yet? I'm like, no, nah, I haven't yet. He's like, dude, just let's try it. So I go in, I tap the thing, I swipe, and now I've got full self-driving. I immediately notice how much more information it's visualizing, right? And we are freaked out. The first three and a half minutes of this ride of self-driving, we're going through town. I look at him. He looks at me. We're clenched onto our seatbelts like this. <laughs> Alex, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. When I say 15 minutes later, I realize I haven't looked at the road in about 10 minutes. Oh, boy. Like, that's how quickly I, I was like. I had my, my experience was like, not like that. I don't know what road you were on. I, well, we were on the 35 freeway. Okay. And I was on I-4 in Florida. I was sitting, no, I was sitting, guys, like I, I was sitting like this and we were just having conversation. So it's not like I was looking down or anything. And in, in fact, I think the car actually signals you to look back up. Hard but, cut to Michael Cirillo just out. But I was, I was like sitting like this and I realized I wasn't paying attention to like, that's how quickly we both got comfortable with this self-driving. And then the second thing I will say to your point about speed, when my wife and I first took delivery of this vehicle and the guy's like, go find an open road and just floor it for a minute. We, anybody who's driven an EV, especially a Tesla, are the few living people on this planet that knows what resurrection feels like because our souls <laughs> left our body and re-entered our body. Yeah, it's funny. I've never yeah. that like I felt the ghost leave my body. Like it freaked me out how much power that thing has. It's nuts. Well, and you know, it's not just. It's also there's so many new ones coming out all the time, and so so it feels like Christmas Eve for cars. You know, every month or two, there's something new coming out that I get to see. It's the Cybertruck right now. It's the Hummer SUV that we just picked up. I've got a Fisker that we have. And, you know, there just seems like there's a lot of new stuff. And if you're, if you're into tech and you're into gadgets and you're into software and hardware and cars, it's like this perfect 
combination of all of it. And again, I just, it's our tagline too. We make buying cars fun again. It's just, it's just fun, you know? And so I don't know how else to say it other than that, even though I still like driving a car too. And I still like engine noise too. So I'm like this weird person. No, I, I likes, feel that. You know, all of that. Yeah. So Do you anyway. have to combat a lot of skepticism though? Like maybe that people are interested, but then they go, but Utah winters, like what is that going to look like? Cause I know we hear a lot about that. Are you seeing a lot of that as well? Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing, these cars really, I mean, I would say the Model S Plaid is probably the the most incredible car ever built, if you think about it objectively from all the checkpoints. So so you've got all the hypercar, supercar stats in terms of horsepower and acceleration and, and top speed and all those kinds of things, right? But then you also say fits four sets of golf clubs and five adults um, at all those performance rates and gets incredible efficient energy efficiency and doesn't require, you know, $700 oil changes and, and all these things that, that a lot of the super fast, super high performance cars. So there's that, but then you go over here into like the safety, super safe, um, you know, really quiet, really comfortable. But then you, you look at, um, uh, performance in, in weather they're, because they're so heavy, and because the weight is so evenly distributed with the battery being the full base of the body and being all-wheel drive and in often cases multi-motor all-wheel drive, they literally are the best cars in the snow you can ask for. Probably for starting. I would say stopping because they're heavy might be a little squirrely. You know, I've driven now and have hardcore Utah winters for, you know, five, six years straight, my whole family. Yep. And I've never driven a better car in the snow, objectively. Like they just. Wow. They don't get stuck. They don't have problems. They get around easy. I mean, I've just never driven a better car in the snow. And, so, and so let's talk, let's talk about, I want to make sure we talk about the business um, because we don't have a ton of time left. So you're building this. And, and I think a lot of our audience will be introduced to you on this podcast for the first time. And like, we love to connect dealers with resources and things that are, you know, like connect all the dots. So tell us about the business side of what you're building um, and why you think it's a good place for dealers to, you know, potentially list inventory. Yeah. So, well, let me be clear. So evcars.com is not the business anymore. So evcars.com is actually now closed to dealers. We've changed. And so uh, evcars.com is, is closed beta and is not going to be uh, servicing dealer inventory anymore. It's only going to be private sellers that can post their, their inventory for sale. And it's going to be completely free, no upsells, no credit card. If you want a Carfax, you know, you can get one and, and it'll be a, a fair price to offer on your listing. But it's only going to be a private seller uh, marketplace relaunched. So there's a massive pivot there. And the reason is because EV Auto exists. EV Auto is, is my soon-to-be chain of national uh, car dealerships that sell only electric vehicles, uh, all brands uh, exclusively used. And so I don't know if that changes the nature of your question, but it definitely is a- Oh, it helps out. Yeah. Major it, it cleared up a lot in that last yeah, 60 that's seconds. Right. That's, yeah, <laughs> sorry. I mean, it, it, we haven't said yet, actually this is the first time I've said publicly uh, what EV Car's new um, you know, destination is gonna be. And so EV Auto, I've been real public about that. You know, we've built, I would argue, you know, maybe, well, not the, one of the very best experiences for buying an electric vehicle in America. And one of the few places where you can try a bunch of different brands and, and talk to people that are real experts. And I think it's an interesting discussion about the car industry and why there's so much information out there about how terrible it is and sales are bad and dealers don't want to carry them. And I understand all those things and I've got some opinions on that, but, but I, I think my, my business is a little different than maybe, um, you know, gotcha. So, so basically EV cars, private party listing site, 
EV Auto chain of used car, used EV dealerships across the country. That's right. How, yep. how many do you have any open right now? Do you have several open in multiple states? Yeah, Just no, it's good. Give it's us a good the question. data. Yeah, so so like I said, dealership's been uh, in business for four years in December. We acquired a piece of ground, uh, empty piece of ground last year, designed and built the brand and the building and, and opened in July of last year, uh, excuse me, of this year and uh, have had just record breaking sales and profits. We've been profitable for four years straight um, and, uh, and we're real close to announcing our second location um, and are in talks for others. And so Fantastic. Yeah. that's awesome. We got some other people we got to introduce you to. Lots. They may or may not be listening to this, but we got some people we got to, I know you guys don't may know. Them all. Yeah. You guys know lots of people. <laughs> so I'm down. No, that's so cool. I'm I'm excited to see what happens. We're going to have to like, I, I think it's going to be one of these things where we're just going to have to have you back every six months on the pod just to give us the update because this is just going to be a rapidly moving thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, this one, we've run out of time. We've gotten, I feel like there's so many more things that we have to ask Easy. you uh, about your history and how that's played into this, but we'll get to that at some point. Uh, so Alex, on behalf of all of us, really appreciate you joining us here on Auto yeah, fun to meet you guys. Thanks for having me. Okay, on a scale of one to ten, how five? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> how likely is Kyle to be successful in life? You didn't let me finish the question. Unbelievable. <laughs> I was like, I could have teed that one up even better. No, but on a scale of one to ten, how cool is Alex Lawrence? Dude, he's a cool he's dude. Cool. <laughs> Just real cool dude. Like he's got so much random history and he's entering this auto industry in kind of a roundabout way, but got his real head about him. And I wish everybody could have heard all of the side conversations we had afterwards. Cause you're like, you get in and you're like, Oh, you're really thinking about this thing. I think I see what he's doing. tying it. He's tying his, like the expertise with the EVs and the education needed. And you know, just the kind of the business savvy, but his, his attention to brand and customer experience is definitely on playing on a different level. And I know a lot of people talk about like, can you scale that level of customer experience and brand as you, you know, scale into more locations? And that's the big question. But I think that always comes down to how well you can systematize it because you look at places like Zappos, who did an amazing job at customer service, and they were able to scale it because they put it into a system, they built a culture around it. So I mean, I'm always cheering for the people that do it that way. One of the things yep. that stood out to me is, you know, relatively new in this aspect of business, right? New as a dealer, mm -hmm. we got, we got a bit of his story, but how quickly also in that time frame he's pivoted and he's adjusting his strategy and that his yeah. demeanor and cadence around it was like, yeah, big deal. Where <laughs> when you contrast that against, you know, what we typically see uh, in a traditional setting, it's like, we have to pivot. <laughs> <laughs> The beanie came back. It on did. That one. It did. I was reading some handles. But you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, pivoting. I don't want to. They all turn into Seinfeld. I don't even like pivoting. <laughs> That's like, really good. What's the like, deal hey, with this pivoting? Why would you pivot? I don't even want to pivot. You know, but it's like, he was just like, yeah, because why not? I saw an opening. That's mm -hmm. what pivoting is. Yeah, an opening. Yep. And he's going after it. And I, I just loved kind of how nonchalant he was whereas you know a lot of the industry tends to kind of lean into pivot as a bad thing but it's like no we're we're moving a couch up a stairwell it's going to be okay pivot 
Kyle, and, Kyle and I have done that well. for you're an extravaganza yeah. last year. I remember it done that very done directly. That. <laughs> well, hey, on behalf of Paul J. Daly, Michael Cirillo, and myself, Kyle Mouts here, we hope you enjoyed this conversation and thanks for joining us on Audible Labs. Sign up for our free and fun to read daily email for a free shot of relevant news in automotive, retail, media, and pop culture. You can get it now at asotu.com. That's A-S-O-T-U.com. If you love this podcast, please leave us a review and share it with a friend. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Welcome, Welcome to, to Autocollapse. <laughs> Why are we recording? Are we rolling yet? <laughs>